say to be a follower of Jesus is to say that Jesus is Lord of my emotions. Or to perhaps be more uh, biblically correct, Jesus is Lord of my inner world, my emotions, my thoughts, uh, my motivations, my chemistry. Jesus is Lord of my emotions. And by the way, a bit of a disclaimer, usually when I plan sermon series, I'll, I'll sort of do the outline for like a couple of months in advance. I had put this particular subject or this sermon on my preaching calendar about two months ago. And it just so happened to fall on this week. The Bible is an intensely emotional book. Psalm 139 is actually a pretty uh, moderate psalm. It's a pretty mild psalm, emotionally speaking. But it's the words of, a, of an intensely emotional man. It almost, I mean, depending upon how you read it, you could say this, this sounds a bit like someone processing through trauma. When we read about God, our creator, our heavenly father, we find within the scriptures a God who is intense, intensely emotional himself, a God who feels love, righteous anger, joy, peace, sorrow, remorse. The whole range, the whole spectrum of intense emotions. And we find that the humans he created, us, we ourselves are quite emotional creatures, are we not? Big time. Our emotions are a reflection of God's likeness. God's not emotional like us, we're emotional like God. When he created us, he created us with the capacity to emote. And our emotions are a gift. They are an absolute gift from God. To love and to feel loved. To experience the emotion of joy, the emotion of peace, the emotion of contentment. These are, these are gifts. These are good feelings. And gifts from God. Expressing our emotions to God can be an act of worship as well. Because expressing emotion to God reflects a willingness to trust him and to be vulnerable with him. It brings glory to God because when we express our emotions, we're relating to our creator in the way that he intended. Expressing our emotions to God, whether sadness, joy, or something in between, is an act of worship. Because remember, the psalm we just read is a, is a part of Israel's original hymn book. The words to the choir master, a psalm of David, were part of the text, not words added by interpreters. It's a song to be sung in worship. And it's intensely emotional. But, as we all know, our emotions can also lead to all sorts of uh, incredibly unpleasant moments in life. Chaos, brokenness, separation, abuse, manipulation, violence, injustice, towards ourselves, towards each other, towards those who are closest to us, 
towards our society. It can be systemic. It can be individualistic. Emotions, in a lot of ways, can be at the root of all of the world's problems. Just try to raise a kid. You'll, you, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Emotions are intense. They're wonderful, and they can be highly problematic. If our emotions become sovereign Lord over our lives, if what we feel becomes Lord, then we can experience the worst that our emotions have to offer. This may manifest in a life that's emotion-driven, where your relationships, your career, your habits, your sexuality, your outlook on the future, your engagement with the community, with, with the public sphere, essentially your identity when your emotions become Lord of your life, your identity somehow gets wrapped up in how you may or may not be feeling during any given season of life. Conversely, you, you may go the other direction. When your emotions rule your life, they may manifest in emotional repression. Where instead of being ruled by your emotions, you rebel against them, doing whatever it takes to numb them and simply avoid the emotions you're terrified of dealing with. This is why we all have our addictions to varying degrees. We look for ways to escape, to avoid, to numb, to run away. In either case, whether indulging or rebelling, your emotions are ruling your life, unless Jesus is Lord of your inner world. You guys with me so far? What might it look like to live in such a way that Jesus is Lord of your inner world? How might we go about this? Now, let me, let me quickly say, let me qualify what I'm going to say um, by emphasizing that I think, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and I think that um, in my experience in America, in the UK, a little bit in South Africa, um, us Christians, we tend to go to extremes I mean, it's not us Christians, it's humans. It's humans, right? We tend to go to extremes um, oftentimes. And I think in, in the case of what it means for Jesus to be Lord of our emotions, we can go to the extreme of like, well, whatever emotional need or challenge I'm facing, all I have to do is just pray in Jesus' name and then it'll ma magically just go away or get better or somehow be healed, be saved, as we say. Of course, the other extreme would be to marginalize Jesus' ability to heal us and to touch us and to guide us and to actually minister to us in a very personal and real and direct way. And, and instead, we'll, we'll put all of our trust in, in medication or, or counseling. And I would just want to say that, like, let's, let's not go to either extreme. Let's not become hyper-spiritual or functionally secular. 
I think every good thing is a gift from our Father. And whether it's through a moment where God meets us supernaturally and heals us simply with a cry, Lord Jesus, help, or if along the way in some sort of a process, Jesus begins to give us grace uh, through really good medication and really good counseling, I think God's grace is available in all of these ways if Jesus is Lord. So what does this look like? Just a few things. Number one, it starts with being honest. Emotional health begins with self-awareness. That's true, right? Self-awareness, that's the first step. Actually stepping back, taking a deep breath, looking in the mirror and saying, what the heck is going on inside of me? I, can, I feel something physically. My body is trying to get my attention. What is going on inside of me? And so to declare that Jesus is Lord must begin with the, the admission that I need a Lord. I need someone to help me. I need someone to set me free. I need Jesus to meet me in this place because I don't have it all figured out and I am just trying to escape or I am making an excuse to indulge. Jesus, please be Lord. And that begins with a very honest assessment that I need help. Desperately need help. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus invites us to come to him with all of our turmoil and our stress and our worry and our, and our shame and our disappointment and our anger. And he says, I will help you. I will give you rest for your soul. But how oftentimes, instead of coming to Jesus, do we settle for imitation gods? We look for other things or other people, other means. I've been a part of a group um, for the last, gosh, it's been two years now, called 423. And it's a group for people who struggle with sexual purity. Now, I'm, I want to just be clear that as, as the pastor of the church here, it's kind of a big deal that I would walk in, in transparency and, and have a, certainly have a, not perfection, um, but a, a definite degree of, of victory in certain areas of my life. Like I can't be having an affair and get up here presuming to preach the gospel to you. I can't be uh, just practicing sin habitually, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I just want to clarify that. But I, I don't, I'm not embarrassed to admit this was an area of my life where I have to fight tooth and nail to remain faithful to my wife, to honor my God with my body in sexual purity. One of the things I've learned the last two years in this group is that my problem is not that I'm just like super sexually attracted to women. Like somehow like my hormones are my problem or my feelings are my problem. The reason why when I was much, much younger, I began to use porn and masturbation to escape. Well, the reason why I started doing that was to escape something else going on inside of me. It wasn't, wasn't that like, it was just my drug of choice. 
It was, my, it was my way of escaping. We all have ways of escaping instead of dealing with the pain inside. And when Jesus is Lord of our emotions, he says, come to me and give me what you have. That means be honest, self-reflect for a moment, and then give me what's paining you, what's hurting you, what's killing you. To say that Jesus is Lord of my emotions is to also say that Jesus is able to heal me and free me where my cheap imitation gods have and will always fail. One of the most tragic things that we could do when it comes to how we process our emotions is to Blame the people around us for what I'm feeling inside. Typically when we're hurting, we, we tend to hurt the people around us. You guys have heard the old saying, hurt people, hurt people. Just like any good cliche, it's totally true, generally speaking. We live in a world full of brokenness There's much evil and injustice out there, but the scriptures would have us begin with the plank in our own eye, always. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any offensive way in me. When Jesus is Lord, not only does he call us to be honest with what's really going on inside and the ways that we might be trying to escape or avoid dealing with our real hurts, we can quickly begin to point the finger at other people and demonize those closest to us, or worse yet, deify those who we think should rescue us when they need rescuing themselves. And whether we demonize or deify the people around us, if Jesus isn't Lord of our emotions, if we're looking to other people, other institutions, other experts, anyone other than the only one who is able to deal with the complexity of the human heart himself, Jesus, then we end up cannibalizing one another. We end up killing the people who are closest to us. We do it in marriage all the time. We become these emotional black holes that just want more and more and more and more as if I have what you're looking for. I wish. Oh, I'd make a terrible God. Last thought. It's a gift to receive the pain of another. So what might it look like? Come to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I'm hurting. I'm a wreck. I've got these addictions. I've got these ways of lashing out. I'm hurting. I'm hurting people around me. My relationships are suffering for it. P people, people are, there's just carnage in the wake of my pain. Lord Jesus, help. What does that 
actually look like? How might that be lived out in a community like this? You know how, you know how it works? Jesus has a body. Jesus isn't just this like floating head in the sky. Bobblehead Jesus just magically showing up every time I need some pain taken away. Now Jesus has a body and so when we're hurting, we go to one another, not because you're my savior, somehow I'm expecting you to make all of my pain go away, but because of Christ in you. And in that moment, I'm able to say, hey, this is how I'm hurting. And to receive the painful confession of another is a gift from God because it's like Christ. Where does Jesus lead his people always? To the cross. Through the cross. Beyond the cross, but always to the cross. And what did Jesus do on the cross? He did a lot of things. He suffered and died for my sins. But he also, he absorbed the pain of a hurting world. And he didn't lash out. He said, come to me. Give me your pain. Not just you as an individual, but the, the community, the world. Brothers and sisters, instead of killing each other, come to me. And I can heal that rage. I can heal that disappointment. I can heal that, that, that sense of indignation and anger that you feel. And I can redeem it. But you've got to give it to me. And when we come to each other and we vomit, emotionally vomit all over each other, it smells, it stings, it hurts, it's disgusting, and it can clear the room at times. But it's the way of Jesus when we receive each other's pain. It's one of the most beautiful and painful parts of being in the family of God. Because not only do we get to receive healing, Jesus invites us to participate in the process. You get to be my hands and feet. You get to be in my body. That means you get to join in the fellowship of my suffering. And I'm going to bring hurt people around you. And they're going to say things and do things that are going to hurt you. And you get to pray for them. You get to receive their confession. You get to walk with them as they kick and scream and cry and lash out. And you get to love on them just the way I've always loved you. And then when you can't take it anymore yourself, don't think they're me. Because you got to come to the cross as well. I mean, then it's your turn to take your confession to the brother or sister sitting beside you. And we all get to take a turn being weak and vulnerable before each other. Hannah, would you come up, please? Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Trust me. Try me. And know my thoughts, see if there be any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord Jesus, won't you search our hearts? Won't you help us? particularly in the wake of a year that's been insanely emotional, up and down, and there's been wonderful times, beautiful times, and there's been 
just incredibly hard, hard times where I personally just felt just the weight of the world on my shoulders. Moments where I felt like I'm doing my best and I'm being told it's not good enough. Moments where I want to give up. Where I want to just, just throw it all in the trash. Where I want to go and just sabotage everything so that I can escape. And Lord Jesus, you've been so faithful. Won't you be Lord of our emotions as we come to you? Help us to be the kind of community that is like a safe place where there's nothing but chaos and hopelessness in our world. Lord, help us to be a, a place where people can come in out of the storm and experience your peace, Lord, that we might have something to take back out with us. Lord, I pray that you would raise up counselors and psychologists and doctors and, and trauma specialists, Lord, who can, who can be your hands and feet in the world. Help us to be lay ministers, Lord, as we listen to one another, as we receive each other's confessions, as we bear with one another with patience and humility, as we learn to forgive. Amen.